0: Many of my curious colleagues who have been following over the past few years know that I've been trying to kind of ratchet up my health and wellness habits to feel better and stronger after successful chemo. And one of those habits I'm working on is drinking more water. And this is where Liquid IV comes in. Liquid IV is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being, and it's their hydration multiplier That's the one product you're missing in your daily routine. What's nice about it, it's just this one stick, and in it you get five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. And get this, it's two times faster hydration than water alone. So you could use it first thing in the morning, maybe before a workout, or when you're feeling run down. One of the things I love most about it Is its efficiency. If anyone has seen me, I'm typically surrounded by one to two glasses of water or a big old jug of water that I sometimes forget to bring to work. And what's nice is liquid IV is efficient. And the flavor that's working for me right now is their wild berry. But there's a couple new ones that are out as well that you gotta try. Two times faster and, like I said, more efficiently than water alone. And it's three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It's made with premium ingredients. It's non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to go ahead, treat yourself to 20% off and use code MyCuriousColleague at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code MyCuriousColleague. And don't forget to use the special link in my show notes. Hello, my curious colleagues. This week, my guest is my colleague, Brendan Shima. Hi, Brendan. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Oh, my honor. My honor. Now, you were like, not like, you were my first quasi podcast friend. I believe I got to know you. I reached out because we were using the same software. And of course, I was, you know, getting stuck in the middle of it. And picking your brain about it. But why don't you tell the rest of the colleagues a little bit about yourself and what you're up to?
1: Of course. Yeah. Thank you. Um, My name is Brendan Shima. As was mentioned, I did a little bit of podcasting, some YouTube, social media stuff. That's obviously how we met um, kind of via the Zencaster world of podcasting, if you will, Uh, kind of deviated a little bit from that. Now, I'm actually a finance intern at Kroger in their delivery service. It's been an amazing experience so far. I'm sure we'll dive a little bit into that. I'm also a standing junior. So I'll start that very soon here um, in the fall at University of Michigan, the Dearborn campus, studying finance as my major and marketing as my minor.
0: Wow, that's a lot. That's a good combination too, by the way, on the major. I approve. So that's good. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, listen, I know I told you that I started chatting with, emerging brand founders. And I also have been typically talking to my fellow, you know, more big co CPG consumer relations. And so I'm delighted to extend my philosophy that you never know who you're going to learn from. Mm -hmm. And so here I've got you, you're my first, you know, college undergraduate guest, and you've already done so much. So very excited about that. And then I'm also excited to to stop talking about consumer relations channels for a bit. <laughs> so in my world we talk about omni channel. So we, we want to be where the consumer is, right? And that's how we ended up starting to add, you know, 12 years ago, social media because, you know, they were they were there and then we were adding ratings and reviews and live chat and even before that it was emails and things like that. So we want to be, oh, let's not forget text. So you oh, know, yeah. In, oh yeah. So in that world, you know, that's how we we talk about omni-channel. But here today, we're gonna flip it a little bit and not talk so much as the brand side, but more on the retailer, or I guess I'm gonna just call it retailer side, and those omni-channels. And we're gonna dig into what you're up to in your internship. So let's start there. What what are you doing exactly there at Kroger this summer? At Kroger.
1: I am the finance intern. Of course, anything that gets thrown my way, I will put that finance spin on it I'm um, gonna help assist. But the day-to-day really looks like coming in, taking care of invoicing, anything that needs to get ordered for the fulfillment center, ensuring that all the drivers have the proper equipment that they need to do their job, um, making sure that our warehouse employees have their things that they need to do their job. Of course, that's really the heart of the entire business. And then we also need pencils, paper, sticky notes, those types of things. So um, on the ordering side of things, it's making sure that all of that is taken care of. And of course my job has also been to do a little bit of analysis. Um, The financial analyst there has been amazing helping me kind of take a look at the fulfillment center as a whole and then find some pain points and maybe see what we can do on that. But the day-to-day is really a lot of ordering and a lot of keeping costs, hopefully as low as we possibly can.
0: Yeah. Well, kudos to you. I think you've got the the main goal is to keep costs down and and uh, all the all the employees happy. I think I think you're there. But what a great internship! I mean, I was just reading somewhere was quoted. Well, it was on LinkedIn that Kroger was ranked number four. You know, in terms of all the retailers, and um, you know, I'm not here on my podcast to to really support. Any particular retailer? I'm frankly I'm agnostic, and uh, as it, as it relates to that, and unfortunately, there's not even a Kroger near me. But happy to see that you landed in such a great place. So, a little bit more about what you're doing. So you said fulfillment center. W- what's in there?
1: <laughs> we have a lot of robotics. Something that shocked me when I first stepped in. I assumed, I'll be frank, that it would be people. Running all around the warehouse, grabbing the groceries, putting them into grocery bags, um, and bringing them to the back of the car so they can drive them away. And that's just not the case. Kroger is actually partnered with Ocado, which is a robotics company. Um, they actually have some staff and employees within our building to help maintain the robotic system that's in there. And there is a very very large robotic system that scales the top of all of these totes that kind of stand up. If anyone is interested, who's watching and you want to Google Okado or Okado robotics, you'll be able to see exactly what I'm talking about. It is fascinating, absolutely fascinating. Um, And those robotics are able to kind of move about and pick up those groceries, bring them to where they need to be, and they are transported all around that warehouse through different temperature zones to ensure that the quality of the product is exactly what it needs to be. And then they are all moved right into the back of a refrigerated truck. And that truck keeps all the products, the proper temperature as they're then driven and delivered is an absolutely amazing process that I never thought I would be able to see it. Very, very intricate.
0: Huh? That does sound interesting. You know, forgive me, but where's that truck going? Are they going to, let's say a consumer's home. Are they going to other Kroger brick and mortar stores like in an area?
1: Both, both. So What actually happens is those routes do get planned. There's route planners, plenty of route planners that do work for the company and they will design those routes. But some of those will actually be delivered to a store where if you were to do the in-store version of pickup, which Kroger does just kind of call pickup, um, you'd be able to drive right up to the store, park in a specific parking spot, send that text, that call, that notification into the store. And then the order that was actually pick and packed at a fulfillment center and driven by one of those blue Kroger trucks would just be placed into your vehicle. But that blue truck will also be driven to consumers' homes within a massive radius around that fulfillment center and deliver the groceries right into someone's home.
0: Huh. Okay. The robots aren't driving the trucks, the blue trucks, are Are they they yet? They are
1: not, nope. Okay. We know we all know where things are are headed, and who knows what will happen uh, with autonomous vehicles. But for the time being, yeah. uh, the heart and the soul are really those drivers and the the yeah. people in the warehouse still making everything happen.
0: Well, I know that I I know about delivery to the home oh all too well. You know I was an, really an early adopter of that when I was living in Philly and Acme was delivering. To homes, you know, I had this little boy. They'd come right into my kitchen, you know. This got, yes. I do continue, especially with COVID, get delivery to my home. Mm-hmm. I was using an app that rhymed with dinner cart, but now go direct to my retailer, and um, you know, do do my delivery right on the app and. So I have, you know, some very good ideas about customer service with that app. And also I have felt some of the angst from using that app. Tell me a little bit about, let's see, what do we want to talk about? Tell me a little bit about kind of the, the thinking on consumer experience. If you, if you have a line of sight on the, you know, the click and collect the pickup and the delivery to the home, like, what is the, the thinking? Are you aware of what Kroger you know, is, is expecting to, to deliver, pun intended.
1: Yeah, there's been a lot of chatter about the application itself. Of course, um, if anyone out here is very familiar with Kroger, they have a ton of different banners and, and different companies underneath Kroger. And one of those is actually 8451, which is a, a data science company. They do a lot of analysis on all of the data that Kroger collects, And is able to give some pretty significant insights back to the people that are working both at the corporate offices and then even some insights back on that fulfillment center level the big thing has been completing the one app experience i think if you're familiar with uber not to give a shout out here but you can order your groceries and do the ride hailing service all within one application and the thought process is very similar you can create lists in that application to go in-store shopping. You can place your orders for pickup within that application. You can also do the delivery service What right within one app. The tricky portion from a customer service point of view has been ensuring that that one app experience can continue to be seamless and that the application is able to talk to all of the other technology to give proper insights. So, When you're looking at something like making a substitution for a specific item, ensuring that the application is built to talk to the equipment at our fulfillment center and then talk back again to the application and notify the customer, normally when you're doing something in-store, you have that buffer time to be able to make a change or request something specific. On the fulfillment side of things, we're having to make those substitutions given very specific logic that's already built out because it's all robotics. And so relaying that information to the customer in an accurate and a time efficient way is definitely important. And then even expanding outside of that app, the customer service experience with the driver in person is a very huge proponent of how Kroger, how the boost, which is actually the very specific program that kind of deliveries built within, how all of that plays together and how the customer sees that service because they really only have one major touch point. And I guess we could expand that to two, both in the application and then the physical driver that's at their doorstep.
0: Okay. Let me just digest all that. First of all, your overarching experience sort of mantra is to have that one app experience. Mm -hmm. That's noble. I like that. And it is interesting because you have two hands in the pot. You've got the robot's hands doing the picking and you've got that driver, which is the human touch. And so myself as a consumer, I'm only sort of rating, I guess, the poor driver, mm-hmm. you know, hoping that my, you know, the robot in the, in the fulfillment center is doing what they need to do. So there is a lot of pressure, I guess, on both of those sides. Well, how do you assess, like, what are some of the metrics or how do you all know how the experience? went
1: yeah so there is an an in-app rating system after you've received that delivery of course you can Mm -hmm. place a five-star review and and make some comments there as well back to the the driver experience and as you mentioned there are some times where because that is the only touch point there's some things being said on the driver end of things that might not have anything to do with the driver themselves Mm -hmm. Um, but that experience is very important of course then we're using the nps score which is then calculated and kind of our real tracking metric to see whether we're able to give that top tier customer service that everyone is really looking for and then there's also a ton of internal metrics that i won't dive too too deep into but we're making sure that we can really fulfill the order as ordered that is the goal that's the goal with all of the different fulfillment centers that are around the country is to fulfill the order as placed by the customer and be able to deliver it and then as mentioned be rated highly on the actual delivery aspect as well
0: so you use nps and for those that may not know what that is net promoter score as well as all us consumer relations folks in more traditional cpg uh, on the brand on the brand side Interesting, because I'm trying to think if my current app asks that specific question. Take me through the actual, um, like, what what are some of the concerns when it's the delivery or the, the pickup channel? You know, let's just say on the brand side, it might be this tastes funny, or I wasn't expected this packaging, or the packaging was damaged, let's just say. So what are some of the, do you have a line of sight of this, some of the types of comments you're getting through that? channel
1: yeah there's definitely a lot that can be said and and we personally at my home use the service as well so i can even speak through that lens there are things that are going to go wrong i think with with any one business or any experience and everyone is of course trying to do their absolute best to provide that top level experience but you do see some things like maybe the product having some type of damaging because it was in transit Maybe something that the driver couldn't control, like the timing of the delivery. We recently, as you know, having to reschedule this podcast, had a bit of kind of severe weather around here, knocked out a lot of power. And as a result of that, some delivery drivers were out in that weather and, of course, having to battle the elements and traffic and traffic lights being out. So delayed deliveries, problems with the product. There is also a lot of comments on the delicateness of how an order is delivered. So whether or not the delivery driver treated that order with the utmost care or not, we've seen horror stories from FedEx and UPS and Amazon deliveries being made a little bit rough. We cannot treat groceries that same way. And our delivery drivers do an amazing job of doing that. But as you could expect, there are times where it doesn't quite meet maybe everybody's standards. And then there's also a lot of positive comments about the way that things were handled or how nice the delivery driver was or how they brought the groceries into their home and they had requested that but didn't think it was gonna happen and it really did. So there's a ton that can kind of be encompassed into the actual delivery itself, like the physical dropping of those groceries wherever they might need to go, but also the the commentary on the product quality And there's a number of reasons why things can go bad. I'm sure we've been in stores and seen, you know, boxes damaged that weren't necessarily even the retailer's fault, but just got delivered that way, what have you. So there's definitely a lot of commentary around that, those being some of the specific ones. But really, it has to do with the accuracy of the order, the timing of the order. Those are the two that I see a lot. Is that accurate and is it timely? And those are the, the two big ones
0: feels, that feels appropriate. And as you were saying, you know, there's so many touch points. We mm-hmm. about the robot and, um, but I had a third one, but I just lost it. There's so many things that, that can impact that order on the app till it gets to their home, till oh, yeah. it gets to the consumer's home or they go and they pick it up. And weather is, is one of them. I wasn't even thinking about thinking about that. I know one of my, and the reason I asked about what are the top comments is because, because we're all human, and it, this you know it's humans dealing with humans with a few robots thrown in there, and so things do happen, as you mentioned, so totally understandable. Like one of my new pet peeve, though, is I have gotten eggs again. I don't use your app. I have gotten eggs, and just this just this week, I've got salad where I could not read the expiration date. One of them, you know, again, not not through Kroger and I had to think about it. I I don't think I'm going to report that in, but I know for me that causes a little angst because, you know, I'm a stickler when it comes to best buy dates and ensuring it's fresh for my son who's, you know, a little bit older than you. And, um, and so that might be a new kind of note I'm going to put in for you know those those two things, like you can put a note in the app, at least I can, and just ask for a very clear expiration date, because especially eggs, and I took a guess at it, <laughs> and I'll probably toss it, you know three days before my guess, just because I'm funny that way. I will uh, say
1: uh, the one comment I would have on that, and I I would strongly urge you to definitely say something. I mean, I'm sure you know being in that customer experience, but when we're dealing with groceries in the Kroger Fulfillment Network, there's a large, large emphasis on expiration date or best buy date entry into the system, the accuracy of that entry, how that entry is being made every single time, because... Groceries are actually sorted that way to ensure freshness. So that way we know within each specific area, what should and shouldn't be there. And if we can actually make that delivery and guarantee its freshness and something like that is a very crucial aspect of making sure that the product is fresh. So I would, def- I would definitely recommend maybe saying something.
0: Why don't I share that with you. I feel encouraged to do so now as well. Which brings me, though, I know that you've snuck in some peaks to some of the customer service data and played around with it to help uh, inform some decisions on what you're doing in the internship. You want to talk a little bit about that? Of
1: course, of course. Something we've been looking at recently is, as I mentioned earlier, having to make those substitution items for customers. So if they do place an order. Let's say it is for eggs, for apples. We then have to follow a specific logic, or I guess the robots would have to follow a specific logic to ensure that a similar product is being replaced if we're out of stock of that initial item. And I think maybe the easiest example of this would be if you placed a 24-pack order of Coke and we were out of that 24-pack, we might be able to fulfill that order with two 12-packs. Of course, you would only be charged the price of the 24-pack. Assuming that that price was maybe a little lower, but we are still able to fulfill that order for you. What we've been looking at internally is the satisfaction of those substitutions. So, when a customer gets an item, are they telling us at the doorstep, unfortunately, we're not satisfied with that item? We'd like to give it back to you and receive our money back, which is an option that they can explore, or they can receive that item and go about their day and, like as mentioned, pay that price. But what we're looking at is, are the customers accepting the substitutions that we're offering them? And if they're not, how can we go in and change that to make it better? It's also crucial to understand why they may be rejecting it and not to dive too far off, but there's numerous reasons, maybe a misunderstanding of that pricing information, maybe a dissatisfaction with a brand change, maybe a dissatisfaction with the size of the packaging. Maybe they did want two smaller packages and not a large package. So there's a lot to sort through and a lot to figure out there, but it ends up back on us and our bottom line, ensuring that we're giving the customer what they actually want. And then we of course benefit from not having to accept that product back and then restock that product.
0: Wow, there's a lot there. There's a lot lot there. Interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. With us. Hey, I've got an easy question for you, and that is, uh, I ask this to all my guests, and I'll ask you, Brendan, do you have a volunteer or a nonprofit organization you'd like to give a shout out to?
1: I do. It's actually one that Kroger works with, ironically. Um, It's called Forgotten Harvest. We do make a lot of donations there through Kroger. My eyes were really, really opened up. To the whole world of you know food insecurity and ensuring we're donating any food that's not being used. So a huge shout out to Forgotten Harvest.
0: And I'll put a link in in the show notes and uh, on LinkedIn as well. That's an interesting one. Yeah, that one is uh, close to my heart. Just that type of topic of that food insecurity. Uh, That's a really good one.
1: As a matter of fact. Something we take for granted a lot, especially being in that building every day with the amount of food that's around there. We I feel like you take it for granted. Sometimes you can reach in the fridge and grab whatever you want sometimes. Yeah.
0: Boy, you are so wise for your age Thank you. and you're learning so much. You're learning so much. I'm so proud of you. And thank you so much for taking time out of your Wednesday night to chat with me on, uh, on my little podcast. I really appreciate it, Brendan.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: And all the best in your junior year. Thank you so much. If you've learned even a kernel of an idea or was inspired by this episode, please consider rating and reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcast. Be sure to share out the hashtag CPGCX because CPGCX really and truly rocks.
1: You have been listening to the My Curious Pally podcast with Denise Veneer. Thank you for your time.
0: Many of my curious colleagues who have been following over the past few years know that I've been trying to kind of ratchet up my health and wellness habits to feel better and stronger after successful chemo. And one of those habits I'm working on is drinking more water. And this is where Liquid IV comes in. Liquid IV is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being, and it's their hydration multiplier That's the one product you're missing in your daily routine. What's nice about it, it's just this one stick, and in it you get five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. And get this, it's two times faster hydration than water alone. So you could use it first thing in the morning, maybe before a workout, or when you're feeling run down. One of the things I love most about it, is its efficiency. If anyone has seen me, I'm typically surrounded by one to two glasses of water or a big old jug of water that I sometimes forget to bring to work. And what's nice is liquid IV is efficient. And the flavor that's working for me right now is their wild berry. But there's a couple new ones that are out as well that you got to try. Two times faster, And like I said, more efficiently than water alone. And it's three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It's made with premium ingredients. It's non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to go ahead, treat yourself to 20% off and use code MyCuriousColleague at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration Today using promo code, my curious colleague. And don't forget to use, forget the, special to use the special link in my show notes.